I asked Paul to not make me cry before I preach. Thanks a lot, Paul. Thanks a lot. That's a good one. Good morning, everyone. Please be seated. Mm. Pastor Dan mentioned something about wrapping up outside, going outside at noon. I just want you to know, I am not planning to preach that long. So I don't know who's preaching, but it's not me saying all that. Uh, you know, I've struggled with what to share this week. Struggled like I haven't in the past. Um, I think it's because I still have a lot to say. <laughs> and I know I can't say it today. So I really just want to share a couple of thoughts. Jim and I came to St. John in 1989. We were looking for a church home. And boy, did God ever answer that prayer. That's exactly what we found and we've been at home here for a long time. If I had known all that God had in store, I would have been really intimidated. But instead, he gave me, he gave us a community to share and help us discover our gifts and learn how to share our gifts. As new members here, I remember Every Sunday in worship, I would feel so close to God. And during the time of prayer, after receiving the communion elements, my prayer would be, Lord, I want to feel your presence like this. I want to feel it 24-7. I want to feel it every day of the week, any time that I reach out to you. I hadn't experienced that before. And he answered that prayer, too. My faith grew rapidly during that time. Um, I developed a hunger to read the Word. I had read it some before, but I dove into it with just a fresh desire, knowing it was going to speak directly to me. And as I read it, I simply believed what God said in it. And I expected to know God in the same way that the people in the Bible experienced. And I reached out to Pastor Bob Wallace, who was the pastor here at that time. And I would call him all the time and say, I have a question. Can we talk? And so, you know, frequently we would get together and have conversations of deep things in faith. And I figured every member in the congregation was doing this. I thought, oh my goodness, how does he keep up? With, how is he always available for me? But I now understand that Pastor Bob had a live one. <laughs> and I know that uh, Dan and Brian and Ann and Wendy, you know what I'm talking about. When somebody is on fire for God, that there's just that hunger that comes through, and you know that God is moving in their life. And he was very patient and gave me a lot of time and support in that. It was a time of believing and following. And I got to see the miraculous in daily life just because my eyes were open to look for it. And I felt the continuous presence of the Holy Spirit guiding me whether I was here at church or whether I was traveling in my work, wherever I was, it was me and the Holy Spirit walking through every day. 
and still is. It was an amazing and transformative time for me. And the, the welcome of this faith community was a big part of that. It set within me a hope for every single person to experience that kind of intimacy with God. That's my heart's longing, is for everyone to know he is that close and that present. I joined St. John's staff 20 years ago. Whoa, that's a long time. And I will tell you, I have become acquainted with every aspect of this ministry. I have seen the good, the bad, the ugly, can we say the grease trap? And I've seen the glorious, the amazing work of God here. It's been my privilege to kind of step into every nook and cranny of this experience as a community. I've been blessed to serve here, and I have grown here. But I realize it's not for my sake that I've grown. The discipleship journey is about empowering others, empowering the whole people of God, every individual. This is the call I have served, or I tried my best to serve. Today's gospel is one of my favorites, favorite, just two mind-blowing verses from John 14, 11 and 12. Jesus said to his disciples, Believe me when I say that I am in the Father, and the Father is in me. Or at least believe on the evidence of the works themselves. And then he went on to say, Very truly I tell you, whoever believes in me will do the works I have done, that I have been doing, and they will do even greater things than these, because I am going to the Father. I think that that just makes my head explode, explode that we could possibly do not only the things that Jesus did, but we, we are told by him we will do greater things than what he did. Well, what did Jesus do? Um, just simple stuff like share the good news and set the captives free and heal the sick. There's a lot of that yet to be done. This statement that he made about greater things than these that he has in store for us, to me, is like too wonderful to take in. Jesus doesn't hold anything back. He gives it all away. In fact, he promises even more. That's also what he asks of us, to give it all away, to take what we have, break it apart so others can have a part in leading it. Then he asks us to give it away to them. Let me tell you, this is not the way the world does empowerment. The way the world does empowerment is that you, you give part of what you have to some, someone in leadership. You give part of it. You, give, you carve off a little piece. 
and that you let them have some of it so that they will never be as far as you are. They will never catch up, let alone surpass you. But that's not the way Jesus looked at it. He said, no, I give it all. And then there's even more after that. I give it all. So how did Jesus do this? How did he give away his entire ministry in just three years? And to a questionable group of leaders to boot. He walked them through it. He did life with them and walked them through it. First, it's four steps. He gave them an example to imitate. He said, come and follow me. See how I do it. Walk with me. Live with me. We'll do, you know, come and, and be with me. And he taught them then what to do and why to do it. The second thing he did was he invited them to help him. Remember the story of the loaves and fishes? He said, what do you have? Well, they had, what, two fish and five loaves or something like that. And he took that little bit they had, received it, and multiplied it. But he invited them into what he was doing. And the third way he brought them along and walked with them was he sent them out on their own. He sent them in pairs. He sent out the 72, but he had instructed them. He had coached them. And when they came back, he debriefed with them and coached them further. He let them do what he was doing, but he was still there with them. And then his last step, he prepared them for his departure. He promised them his Holy Spirit for 24-7 guidance. He said, it will be better for you that I go to the Father because the Spirit will be with you. And so they always have access to him, just as we always have access to him. So in this last step, Jesus gave his disciples the very same relationship he has with his Father. Jesus is in the Father we are in the Father. And Jesus has the Father in him. The Father is in us. It's miraculous. It's too amazing to understand. But it's, it happens through the presence of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is the presence between the Father and the Son. That's how Jesus did life on earth. That's how he knew what the Father wanted him to do. And that's how we do it. The presence of the Holy Spirit unifies us with the Father. The same Spirit that Jesus had, he gives us. This is how Jesus knew everything the Father wanted him to do on earth. This is how he understood what to say and when he needed to say it. Jesus even says, I only do what I see the Father doing. And that's the same way that we act as disciples. It's through that same deep connection that we are guided, that we know what to do as we talk with others, that we know what to say to them, that we hear their heart the same way the Father hears them. We know how to meet people's needs. We know how to set them free. We know how to speak good news into their life. And we know how to bring them healing in Christ. This is the Holy Spirit is easily accessible to each of us if we simply ask and listen. 
it's been my joy to walk with so many growing disciples here at St. John. Uh, together, we've seen God's uh, amazing work. We've seen him do amazing things here. And we celebrate together what he's done. You've allowed me to both love and challenge you. I thank you for that privilege. And there's been so much fruit that's come from your faithfulness. The fun part of empowerment is watching those who didn't think they could do it go out and succeed. There's been so many that have said, I, I can't lead. I can't do that. But with the, the word of God spoken into their hearts and minds, they take a step. And then they step out for the Lord on their own. And to watch people succeed has been so such a joy for me, to watch others succeed. You know who you are. You know, you watch them lead and teach and serve others. You watch them preach for the first time. You watch them preside over the communion elements. It's amazing. They make a difference in their faithfulness, and the, the work of the kingdom is multiplied. This is how the work of Jesus is multiplied. This is how we do the greater things, because we step up and follow. And everyone can have a part in this. The body of Christ is the greatest opportunity in life. There is no place else in this world that you will find such opportunity to live into how God has created you. He's planted gifts within you, and he wants you to have an opportunity to use them, and you don't even know how wonderful they are yet. To the faithful, there are no limits. This week I was out walking on one of those beautiful days we had and I got a picture from the Spirit. This is a picture in my heart and mind of a flock of geese. There's a lot of them up there in the sky right now in their Vs. Can you picture them flying in their Vs? Honking. Drives my one little cat crazy when they honk. They're up there in the sky. And I was thinking about those geese and how there might be one who is on the tip of the V, but it's not the same one all the time. All of them, as they mature, rotate into that leadership. This is the way that God has blessed us in the church. All disciples are created to lead. Now, not everyone might be comfortable leading on the very tip of the V. But a lot of you have and can. But there's still other places of leadership in that V as it travels backward. People to be encouraged. People to strengthen their wings and fly. Everyone has the capacity to be a leader. I never imagined that for me. But it's God's gift. And it's there for every disciple. 
the hardest part of empowerment is releasing. Letting go so that others can soar and use their gifts. I have such a deep gratitude for those who have empowered me so that I could empower others and those who have encouraged me so that I could encourage others. I'm thankful especially for my brothers in Christ here today, Dan and Brian. Brian, you opened the door of real ministry to me and to others. That empowered me. Dan, you so readily welcome me as a partner. And now it's a joy to celebrate your leadership, God's timing in that leadership, and how this congregation still stays on his course. And so many of you, um, you've been such a blessing to me to let me come alongside you. Jim and I are enormously grateful for being part of this faith community. Our lives have been woven together. There's so many things Jim does here that maybe you don't know, but our whole lives are just woven into all that happens here at St. John. And you will always be family to us wherever we are. But now it's time for others in this flock to rotate into the lead. You know who you are, and you know that you're ready. We've walked together, and I love you dearly. You're ready. And in fact, you're already doing it. You're already leading. That was part of the plan. Now you will help others strengthen and test their wings. You will help others soar. I leave you with this verse, Luke 12, 32. Do not be afraid, little flock, for your Father has been pleased to give you the kingdom. I want every person in this flock to know that all of you all, and all that you could ever imagine or desire is in store for you. God wants to give it to you. It's his pleasure to give it to you. He knows your gifts. He knows your capabilities and how tenderly he looks on you. He created you for this time and for this place. Now he is pleased to give it all to you in such love so you will fully equip others and you together will take the good news and you will take this wondrous hope out into the world. These are the greater things that Jesus was talking about. These are the things Jesus wants you to do. Let's pray. Father, I pray for your continued blessing over this congregation. We pray with thanksgiving that we've been together and we celebrate the future you call us to. We give you thanks that we walk together in your spirit. 
lift up leaders, strengthen their wings, and help them show others how to soar so that your kingdom will be fulfilled. In Jesus' name, amen.